We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Off and rolling on a Monday. Welcome in. Last day of July. National Mutt Day. One of two National Mutt Days. If you didn't know, July 31st and December 2nd. So happy... National Mud Day to my two months at home. 190 pounds worth of mud. Great Pyrenees mixes. Hairy as well. 190 pounds, probably 190 pounds of hair I've had to clean up over the years. But it's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am Gabe Coon, your host. On Twitter at G underscore Coon 71. I need to stop saying Twitter, though, by the way. I need to stop saying Twitter. It's X. It's X. I'm alongside producer of the show. Connor Dunning should be making his triumphant return relatively soon, but it's Brad Carson. Hey, hey, it's good to see you, Gabe. At Brad Carson on Twitter. Um, Peach, Princess Peach is not a mutt. Princess what, Peach, what is, you, got mutt. You, you got purebred. You got a mixed breed dog. Simple. Mine is a mixed breed dog. Really? It's a Labradoodle. Well, yes. It is not a, and it but also, people pay also big adopted. Money. Also adopted. Okay, there you go. People pay big money for Labradoodles, so it's almost become its true? own. Yeah. It's almost become its own. Uh, <laughs> My wife probably didn't come clean when she got own the dog. Breed. Yeah, you know? but uh, I, okay, I guess yeah. Mixed yeah we breed, come mutt. from a uh, family of of uh, some purebred, some mutt. Uh, I've seen it all, had it all come I, through the home. I gotta say, I think the process of buying a dog is a little bit bass backwards, and the only reason I say that is because. The purebred dogs have a lot more health issues, and you're paying a premium. It's, true. it's yeah. almost like you're going elite. You're trying to be elite when you get the purebred. And honestly, if you go to the pound, if you go to the Humane Society here, there are dogs that are in desperate need, yes. and we are overrun. I mean, go Memphis out there. Animal Service. Yeah, go out there by Do Shelby it. Farms. I mean, they, they, and they're beautiful. All I have two, two adopted dogs. Yes. So, good I mean, for you. Yeah, you're doing that's, good that's, things yeah, here. Doing, doing the Lord's work. Huh? You're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That in football. And, and honestly, <laughs> yes, and, and, and no health issues. Just really speak hey, up with Either these dogs, and obviously, knock on wood. And you got two rumbas to uh, to, to get the hair. You <laughs> two said rumbas. I do. Yeah. I have one in my room, and there then one go. for the living room. <laughs> it's just not great. That works. I don't see. I need to get a baby gate so they don't get okay. upstairs, yeah. but they get upstairs. Oh, they do. Yeah. That's all right. Oh, yeah. The hair is all over the place <laughs> up there, and, and we have, actually have a uh, we have carpet up there, so that's not. It's that's, harder to get out. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Now, three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. Um, looks like the Tigers are off to the, D- the DR. Yes. Good old Santo Domingo. Are they going to be resort living? I really hope so. I really hope so. For six days, yeah, you get to play three games. First game will be on Wednesday um, against the Dominican Republic national team with Lester Quinones. Yes. I hope he gets to hang around the team and still instill upon them the type of work that they need to put forward to right. be a great team. Um, I hope they get to... Enjoy the sights and sounds and get to the beach and enjoy themselves, right? 
Yeah, they don't. They get to experience it, Gabe. I want to be careful here. They don't get to fully engage the uh, the natives yeah, they, uh, if you follow. I guess so. I think I get the the sense Penny Hardaway wants to like from a team building perspective. You should have days like that, though. Fun days. Yeah. Less work. Yeah. More play to enjoy yourself. That doesn't help your defensive scheme. But it Gabe. brings your team together. That's and this true. is the perfect time to bring your team together. Well, and they have, uh, I don't want to call them mutts, but they have a lot of different transfers, uh, people from different various places, you know, that so, that they just acquired. I mentioned Wednesday. It's going to be the first day for Tiger basketball to be playing in the Dominican Republic. So I, it will not be live streamed. I, how many texts have you gotten about live streams for the damn Dominican Republic? A lot. And I, I have not. I, I don't know anything about it. They'd have to get permission from the school, I'm pretty sure, to be able to put that out there. I think that you, some here's my last time they did the was it the Bahamas during trip, COVID. There was some level of live stream. There was going like on. some dude with a Facebook yes, live was, stream, yes. and everybody was watching the same one. The guy had twenty thousand people watching a Facebook live. I presume that Jason Munz or somebody will talk to the administration or figure out a way. I mean, we got a, we got this new commercial appeal text thing that they've got. Might as well have a Facebook live account and somebody uh, streaming these. Put things. it out there. Yeah. Whoever whoever made the trip last time, hopefully they make the trip this time and do the same thing yeah. for us. Yeah. Somebody so will figure out, out a way to pirate one in there. Um, but the same day that they play their first game in the Dominican Republic, first day of Memphis football fall camp. Oh, boy. Gotta love Does it. Does that bring back some memories for you? Uh, yeah, some, uh, a little bit of PTSD going on. Uh, you know, some good memories, some pretty <laughs> tough memories. A lot of tough you know, ones, You sure. know, redshirt year waking up, questioning, hey, is this for me? Is this for? Should yes. I do this? Should I do this? That was when they did two a days pretty heavily. <sighs> I only had one year of two a days. They don't do that anymore. What goes through your head? Your scholarship? And I mean seriously, like what goes through your head um, when you're up at you know crack of dawn and you're you're throwing up? And is this worth it? Yeah, yeah. that that happens a lot. That yeah. happens a lot. Now, if you bust through that, you're fine. You just know what to expect and you're good. Yeah. After that first fall camp, it was breezy. Just oh, great, easy, easy stuff. Beautiful. Because you were you were in I, condition, I knew, I knew yeah, and I, and I understood. I understood the assignment. Yeah, I understood the assignment. <laughs> now it was a rude awakening going from Fuente to Norvell because Norvell's camp practices were. Uh, Is it harder? Yes, they Hard. were rather. Norvell they, was harder they, than they, well, Fuente. well, well. First year with Fuente, you know, I didn't get as many reps. Yeah. By the time I was starting with Norvell, and he, mm. he, 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 so you do it by periods, five minute periods, and you'd go. Screen drill where you're running all over the field to inside run, to position drills, yep. then to uh, then to eleven on elevens. Okay, all in a row to start Yeesh. the practice. Then you go and do your stuff with the D line one on ones and everything else, and then you get a little bit of a respite. But yeah, no, his were tough. His were tough. There's a reason why these dudes are sitting now and at the NFL level. <laughs> but don't we don't we love the beginning of camp? Because it's watch list season, Brad Carson. It is watch list season. Let's do it. Let's go. We need more watch Let's lists. Go. I love watch list season because you put like 85 guys on one watch list. <laughs> Only one guy can win the award ultimately. We got some good ones on there. Um, but the big big news for uh, Tiger football, Seth Hennigan on the Maxwell Award watches. Best offensive player in college football is where the Maxwell Award Watch list goes to. And all, all I can say is, like, I think generally speaking for this team, seeing him in the running for that, which is a very prestigious award, and really good players, starting players, guys that have production are the only guys that get on that watch list. It does show you, though, 
when we talk about this Memphis football team, there is a lot of unknown and one point of not so unknown. And that one point of not so unknown is Seth Hennigan. He's the guy that has to start with, finish with. You have to understand what you're getting out of him if you want to have success on the offensive side of the football this year. But good, good for him. Good for him ultimately. Um, and I think deserving to this point in his career. Uh, hopefully he gets more help from a running perspective. Um, hopefully they, they can run the ball just a tad bit more. Uh, hopefully they replace production in the receiver yeah. room and he, he can throw some, throw some guys open this year. Um, but I, I think deserved, and uh, we'll see where, uh, where he's at about, what do you think, four or five games into the season? After, after Mizzou and Boise State, I think we'll have a pretty good feeling yeah. about his chances to be in the – to make the next cut for the Maxwell Award. I liked your interview with him last week. I, yeah. I was positive. I felt good about the interview, and he seems to think he's got he's got a few weapons, and there are transfers, especially Blankensee and some of these dudes coming in. Blankensee is is a guy who's relatively sure-handed, fast, works inside, outside. I, I like his uh, ability. But, I mean, you have some guys, like Rock Taylor's been on campus for a while, they right. expect a lot out of. Joe Skates has been on campus for some time now, but he's had some inconsistencies. We've seen him as a deep threat, but he's had some inconsistencies catching the ball in those intermediate areas. Toward the end of the year last year, you saw him sort of get out of sorts and go after mm-hmm. players, personal foul issues. Um, and then Toski Dove's a guy who didn't play in the spring, who caught for 500, 600 yards at Mizzou. Tall, big, big-bodied guy. Like, you hope that that's a guy that can produce for him. Um, but it just does highlight, with all this unknown, there is one bit of stable ground that you feel good about on this team, and that's, that's Seth Hennigan. And we'll see where that, where that goes. Where that goes by about five, six games. Maxwell Award watch. Maxwell Award. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. This isn't like the... Remington. I was on the Remington my uh, sophomore. That's a year. nice watch list. Yeah, but don't it's like, don't don't ta- put put this down. There's, there's 60 centers. It's like based on centers in college football. So it's not all O line. It's all centers. Uh, or no, uh, well, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a O-line award, isn't Remington, it? Remington? Yeah, yeah Remington. Like, and then the, the, the Outland is the one I was Outland, on my senior yeah. year. That's all that's O-line. A very that's, more, that's Maxwell for O-linemen. Yeah, that's prestigious. And, and interior D-line yeah. as well. Barry um, Jones won that award. Yeah, I think my senior year it was like Ed Oliver. I think won. Okay, that um, makes sense. The year I was on it. <laughs> uh, good pick. <laughs> yes, I think a pretty good pick. Yeah. The Maxwell Award's a little bit more okay. understood. Of like, okay, this is yeah. running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks. This is the best offensive player in the country. He is oh, okay. I'll jump ahead. Is he going to be a senior at Memphis? He's going to be a junior. Do you think? Wait, you? Uh, yes. Is he a pro? Is he a pro now? I think I think we we gotta we gotta watch. Am I getting too we gotta, excited? We gotta, we gotta we gotta wait and see. We gotta wait and see. Okay. First two years from a production standpoint, he's six four. He's added weight. Yep. I'm sure that that thought process is out there, but I am one that wants to sit and wait for a second. I know that we're in a, an opinion <laughs> business. I, I jumped ahead of you. We're an opinion business, but I I think we should sit and All wait right. for a tad bit, for at least a tad bit. Um, but good for him. Good for him to get that nod. Now, I do need to lay out the show for you. Uh, 5 o'clock, Jeff Calkins from the Jeff Calkins Show and the Daily Memphian will join. And then 6 o'clock to talk about sending the Tiger basketball team off to the DR, talk about this offseason, talk about realignment as a whole. The Arizona rumors from the Pac-12 to the Big 12 are getting louder and louder. John Martin will join Jason and John, and uh, he'll have plenty. 
Not that point to say. And also, his Raiders, it looks like Jimmy G's back at camp. Hey. I, I, I want to bring this up to him. Like, ultimately, isn't the worst thing for them to have a placeholder like Jimmy Garoppolo if he does indeed start the whole year? Like, five, six, seven wins is disastrous for them because they don't get a premium pick at the quarterback position. You'd have to trade up. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's the worst nightmare. You want to go one and you want to win three games. Yeah, you, you want to tank is what you want yes, to do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, everybody that talks about Jimmy G doesn't seem to think that he's going to make it through a full season without getting hurt. I mean, he just seemingly can't get through. Yeah. He, he ha- I mean. Every friggin' year he gets nicked up. Yeah, he'll miss a few games here and there. And he had the one season long. I mean, 11, 12 games is what you can count on yep. out of Jimmy G. Trying to get on my uh, Raiders message board because I have two, two close <laughs> Wait, friends. Well, I'm not on the message board, but I have two close friends that are in a group chat, and they're Brad. You're a message board guy. Right? I am not a message board guy. Okay. I, I also you say, don't post on message no, boards, but I, you read. Message I, I'm actually saying the wrong words for what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an email chat. Okay, it's two friends, and I'll give them a shout out. Um, uh, my friend Sean and uh, my friend David Goodman, who's an attorney here in town, uh, both are big Raiders fans, mm-hmm. David especially. Um, and there is something about camp where it makes you delusional. Like you, <laughs> It really does, Gabe. Like You decide things that just aren't true. Like Raiders fans right now are trying to talk themselves into a season that looks like dog crap. I, I, listen, I can relate as a long-suffering St. Louis Rams fan. I can relate to, okay, we make this signing here. You drafted this player. You can talk yourself into anything. Oh, they're going to be super productive this year. (laughs) They're going to be better than expected. That's everyone's usual thought. I don't know if Raiders fans, and I certainly don't think John, I don't think John Martin will be in this camp. (laughs) No, John wants them to fail (laughs) miserably in a hurry. Yes, he wants them to get a new coach as well. He wants that all to spiral out. And and I'm I'm more in John's camp. I think with the Raiders and – you know, I, I sort of follow the Raiders. I'm sort of a Vegas guy, especially since the Rams are no longer in St. Louis. I mean, you, who do you follow since you're not a Rams fan? Are you still you, – because you, you're pissed off about the Rams, right? Um, I've, I've explained this on several – I'm agnostic when it comes to the NFL. I don't think we can be agnostic yeah, as NFL fans. I mean, I, I'm agnostic. Well, I'm a – I can. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I do it every year. Yeah. I can be agnostic. Okay. Um <laughs> I mean, I guess I pick allegiances when I when I see like playoff matchups, right? You know, somebody's playing against uh, the 49ers, Maybe I don't know. It depends, like what the matchups are, and I'll yeah. I'll have some type of rooting interest. But no, I'm agnostic, okay. and it's honestly been a great thing for my life. I have to say, the depression I used to suffer at the hands of the St. Louis Rams on the way out, and then when they left, has just scarred me for life. At least you weren't alive in the 80s when the St. Louis football Cardinals were around and Bill Bidwell had that miserable team in St. Louis. Like, that was even worse than the Rams. At least the Rams won a Super Bowl in, in town for you. Yeah, they won a Super Bowl, but I think it's worse to get to those highs. Oh, and, and then it disintegrates. Yeah. awfully That's and have the, have the ownership group basically tell you we're going to be as bad as we can because we want to get to L.A. And that's what they did. That was that, like, that's the part of it that was so depressing. You've seen, okay, we can be successful in St. Louis, but the ownership group wants no part. No, it feels like the no A's. Part. It's like the A's. Yeah, well, except, except the A's have been somehow good. Except also Ish. the A's, like, I, the, the, 
the stadium project has had a lot of issues. No, Oakland has not done what St. Louis was willing to do. Yeah, St. Louis, like they said, $1 billion. St. Louis said, all right, here's $1 billion. Yes. How about one point two? Here's one point two. Then they upped it to like two and a half billion, and that we're like, oh, so all right, ridiculous. I don't know. We'll try to see what we can do. But they, they, it was bad faith negotiations, and I'm not saying it's unlike what's going on with the A's. But the city of Oakland has to decide how much they're willing to put forward to keep the A's, and I don't know if they've fully gone to to those lengths. I'll take it a step further, and I'll go there. I've been watching. I have friends who have Battlehawks tickets in St. Louis. I'm convinced that someday they're going to have another NFL team there. Like, it, and it may not be in the next. Five years. It fills up. It they, they had sell, to open up the they upper sell deck for forty thousand tickets for the damn Battle Hawks. Anthony Beck, shout out, head coach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good old Anthony Beck. Yeah. I mean, those people it's show a, out. It's it is a it it is more of a football city than it's gotten credit for. I agree years. with that. I, w- I will absolutely say that. Did, I mean, the, did the did they need a new stadium? Hell yeah. The, the, yes. The dome. I think it's a dome at America Center now, and obviously Mizzou we'll see, will play Memphis. We'll see there. Memphis yeah. and Mizzou there. Um, You're going to go to that game, aren't you? Sure I am. But Dome at America Center used to be that where Jonestown, they needed an update, yeah. and they tried to give it to them. They tried to give it to the uh, Rams, but ultimately they wanted SoFi and they wanted L.A., yep. and that, that was sort of the end of it. It was um, a real estate and transaction. Then, and then it, 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 last thing on this, but it was, it was also depressing as a, the long-suffering St. Louis Rams fan I am to see – get to L.A., let me invest in everything. <sighs> let me go get a quarterback. Let me pay Aaron Donald. Let me – Go get some wide receivers. Let me invest on the defense. Coach, pay Jalen Ramsey. Let me get Sean McVay. Like that hurt. Yep. But mm. it was expected. It was and expected. then they won a Super Bowl. Now speaking of St. Louis, Cardinals are sellers for the first time in my lifetime, and uh, it doesn't feel great. It does not feel great by any stretch of the imagination. I saw this today, um, and it was via USA Today, uh, within an article about the Cardinals selling. They're on pace. And I, I know we've talked about, like, my lifetime, your lifetime, them not, not being this bad, being in, in the selling position at the trade deadline. They're actually on pace for their worst record in 107 years. Did you, like, 1915, they went 60 and 93. They're 46 and 59. Uh, I, I, think, I think 46 and 59 at this mm-hmm. point. They're on pace to go 70 and 92. So that's their worst, worst record since 1915 if they get to 70 and 92. My whole thing is if you're going to be bad, really just stink the hell of it. Just stink yeah, it up. Yeah. Um, you know? Just and leave I don't no know, doubt. I don't know if they're quite at that stinking level. I think they've got they're so many bad. good pieces, that, especially at the corners. That's obvious. But, but the pitching the, is the, a t- – it's just the pitching. pitching. It's pitching. It's pitching. And it's all, pitching. That's why all these dudes they traded for are pitchers, and, and you they're have, young pitchers. You have as many blown saves as they do, too. Their relief, their, their, their bullpen's Jordan been Hicks. awful. Um, but they did, they did sell off some pieces – over the weekend, and they got some prospects in return. Um, first, they sent Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton to the Rangers, and the Rangers going all in. They added Max Scherzer as well. Now, yeah. Max Scherzer has not been great so far this year. I mean, he's up over four ERA, 23 home runs, I believe he's given up. That's the most in the NL this year. Um, but the Rangers are going for it. But Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton, and in return, the uh, Cardinals got Takoa Roby, a right-handed pitcher, who will become the number four prospect. In their in yeah, their farm system, the an infielder one. Thomas Seguise, number eight prospect in their uh, in their uh, farm point. system, yeah. but Thomas Seguise is interesting. Like I, I'm not I'm not mad at this return, considering I don't know if I hold Jordan Montgomery, who is going to be a free agent in the offseason, or Chris Stratton, who's been kind of a middling reliever in my opinion. No. I, I don't think if I I don't think I hold them in high regard. 
And Thomas Seguise, I, I, I do want to mention this, 21 years old, mm-hmm. 314, five home runs this season in double-A Frisco for the Rangers. So, like, he has some he has some ability in there that you need to unlock. It's not Jordan Walker or yeah. uh, Mason Wynn ability, but he has, that's, that's impressive production I, to go get a, a top-10 prospect in your farm system with that type of production already as a 21-year-old. I don't want to act like I'm some pro- pro- prognosticator on farm, farmer, the farm system here, but I think— farmer. I think Tacoa Roby, I'm more high on yeah. than I am Seguise. Like Seguise is little. Like yeah, uh, but that, that's not held a bunch of people I, back. I if, know, you produce, if you produce, if you produce, you produce. I'm also not... used to watching Jordan Walker, who's a damn monster when he's hitting. Yes, <laughs> that's mean, true. He looks the part. Don't don't mistake don't mistake Thomas Seguise as some guy no. who has some upside close to Jordan Walker. That's I, not it, or Mason Wynn. He, no, but Mason Wynn is also slight, but he's a stud. Like, everything is 100 miles an hour off yep. the hand. You know? yep. so, and Mason Wynn's the number one prospect they have. He didn't play yesterday for Memphis, by the way. Then I mentioned Montgomery and Stratton to the Rangers. The Blue Jays got Jordan Hicks, and in return, I don't know how to feel about the second guy, right-hand pitcher Adam Kloffenstein, yeah. number 23 in the farm system. I wouldn't think much out of him. I think he was a 10th-round pick not too long ago. Um, but Sim Reverse uh, is a right-handed AAA, pitcher. They're, they're putting him in Memphis, by the way. They're put. They're going to put him in Memphis, number seven overall mm-hmm. prospect in the farm system. And this is what I'll say: if you're going to sell, I never got the thought process behind a guy like Nolan Gorman or a guy like um, Paul Goldschmidt or a guy like uh, Nolan Arenado. Selling them was never going to make sense ultimately because you can run it back next year if you add some pitching, work within the margins, you can win the NL Central. There's not a lot out there. I guess the Reds are young and up and coming, and they're solid. Ellie De La Cruz has changed just about everything for them, ultimately. But even with what the cards have and getting old a little bit too fast, their hot corners are great, and you can keep a guy like Nolan Gorman who could potentially grow into being one of the best power-hitting second basemen in, in, in the league. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's been a while since we've had a second. I mean, Dan Ugla, shout out Memphis, was the last sort of power hitting second baseman that that, yeah. that really showed his stuff in the league. Marcus Simeon had had some ability there for a while, or he still has some, yeah. but um, I guess that's there as well. But trading off those type of pieces never made sense. But if you're going to trade off some pieces, Jordan Montgomery, free agent uh, after this year, Chris Stratton, reliever, Jordan Hicks, who you've been trying to stand by this entire time. I don't think they really got rid of anything all that damning to their future. And what did they bring in? They brought in three top ten prospects for their farm system. I, I, I mean, if they're going to sell, and I figured they were going to sell for most of the first half with how it all played out, I think this was ultimately not best-case scenario because you don't want to be in this scenario at all. But this is about as good as they could have done. I think, as far as getting prospects into their system that they can help them in the future. I agree. I, the, the trade grades I read yesterday were in the B, B-plus range for them. I think that's pretty good. That's I mean, it, It's sort of a one-year rental with Montgomery because they traded for him last year. And Hicks did not look great. No. Now, Hicks throws 103 miles an hour. Controls but, but they, I- they issue. Were, they were hitting him, though. Like, yeah. they, they were hitting him. So, well, like, there's so many power pitchers around the, the yeah. uh, Major League Baseball. It's sort of like... I, Guys are used to that type of speed at this point, especially with guys who come in, come in to close out the game late, late, late inning relievers. Yeah, like they they know how to hit those guys. Uh, the, the other problem they've got is some clubhouse issues. They got they still are sitting on 
uh, you know, a couple of players that are not happy. Helsley's one of them, you know, because they went through arbitration with him. So I'm interested in seeing what what kind of collateral damage comes out of all of this. Yeah, there's more to come, dude. Yeah, uh, Jack Flaherty's still on the trade block. He'll I would, probably go, and that's you can't hold on to 2019 forever. And I think that's where we're at with Jack Flaherty, and time he's been okay. He's it, been okay as of late. But he could help somebody else better than he can help the Cardinals at this point in, the, in, in his in his career and where the Cardinals are at. Yeah. Just let him go elsewhere, eat up innings, move on with your life. But based on some of these trades, second half of the season may get really ugly for the Cardinals. <laughs> like, let's be honest. <laughs> like, I talked about 70 and 92 being their worst record uh-huh. since 107 years is the number. I mean, that, getting there, I would not. I mean, that's fully in the realm of possibilities. I think it's definitely possible. It's so hard for me to understand it with the now I understand it because it's the pitching is so bad, it seems like, but the hitting is really good and they're stocked up in the outfield. You know? Yeah. The catching position has been they're trying to figure that out, it feels like mm-hmm. with Contreras. This kid in Memphis that uh the backup that they had up there for a little bit, I watched him yesterday. We went, Jake and I went to the triple A game, the Memphis Redbirds game. That guy, that guy's really good. Um, it's another mm-hmm. another player. I think he's Dominican. Really good player. Is Herrera? Herrera. Ivan Herrera. Yeah. Ivan Herrera. Have you watched him play? A little bit. A little he's bit. A, he's unbelievable. Offensive upside's oh. not not to the. I don't know. But it's not to the left. I mean, Wilson Contreras. You signed him five. Yeah. I mean, ninety-five million dollar contract. He's not, he's not Contreras from or an ninety offense. million dollar contract. He, he catches. He's a great. He, he played pretty well in the field yesterday, from what I saw. He can hit though. Like he, his back foot, by the way, is out of the batter's box. Like he, he is an unbelievable hitter at, at the AAA level, and I, he looked pretty good when he was up at St. Louis when Contreras was out. Mm-hmm. Now, um, also we have the Angels going all in, and we expected it after they said they were going to keep Shohei for the rest of the year. And I guess the thought process is here: let's be good enough, and in the playoffs, if we can make a run, maybe we can bring Shohei back because they're willing to pay money. Artie Moreno and that. That front office, they have not been scared about spending money. They're top five in payroll right this second. It's just some of the guys they've paid on that payroll. Mike Trout's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Rendon's been a complete miss, ultimately, for what the the price was that they paid for him. But the Angels sit at four games out of the wild card spot. I've, I've mentioned who they're chasing, and they're chasing some tough teams in the Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, Blue Jays, Rays. Like, it's going to be really hard for them to make up that four games. Um, but they added Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito, one good, solid reliever, solid starter who's not having his best year. But they got them, uh, them from the White Sox this weekend. Add two bats, C.J. Cron and Randall Grichuk. A former Cardinal in the mix there in Randall Grichuk. Correct. Correct. And he was, uh, part of, was he part of the Arenado trade, I believe? He's not a, he's, he strikes out a lot, yeah. no question. And he is very much a... a 308, though. Eight home runs, 27 He's ribbies. very much in his career been a lower average hitter. Like, yeah. lower average, but he has pop. Yeah. He has some real pop. I think he could he could add to that lineup. But C.J. Cron, Randall Grichuk, Reynaldo Lopez, and Lucas Giolito. The Angels, I have a lot of hope that they could potentially catch up and make a wild card run at this thing. They are, too. It, they better be. That's what they're, that's <laughs> they, their they, whole bet on Otani. They've taken that hard-line stance of we're not getting rid of them. We want to keep butts in the seats. We want to make a run at this thing while we can. Um, but after seeing them add some of these pieces, like I, I feel better than I did last week about them hanging on to Shohei ultimately. I think it's the best move if you're going to try to get Shohei to stay, right? This is all you've got. 
This yeah. is the only thing you've got. Now, Shohei's had some problems with injury. He's been cramping up the last two games, and he's had to leave the games early. Here was the scary thing that I read over the weekend. Not only are the Yankees being mentioned now, the Mariners are in the mix because he does some offseason stuff, Otani does, in yep. Seattle. Did you see who else was listed over the weekend? The Cubs, there were, there were reports that they would be willing to pony up for Shohei Otani in Chicago, which would make me disgusted. Yeah, um... It's also strange the Cubs are saying, I mean, there, there's a report out there because they, they claimed through COVID and the years following that when they sold off their world, the rest of the, what was left of the World Series team, they were basically claiming poverty. They were claiming that they were broke. And now you're going to tell me this offseason they're going to pay $500 million over whatever, however many years for Shohei Otani? I'll believe it when I see it, I guess, is where I'll go with that. And if I, if I do see it, I, definitely there's some depression that will set in, being, well, being a longtime Cardinals fan. So the Ricketts family owns the, the Cubs now, right? Yes. And, and they tried to, they're, they're trying to take Wrigleyville and make it like a and huge real estate development. And why through COVID and some of the issues they, got they were having. They got killed during COVID with that real estate deal. How, I mean, but I don't know if any type, I don't know if the Ricketts could ever claim poverty. To no, that, trust me, they're that's, not. That's the issue I have. No, but they're 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 trying to figure out how they uh, skim the profit while while COVID was going on there. But yeah, they wanted they they put know. too much into the development and COVID just sort mm-hmm. of threw wrinkles in that plan for at least that moment with with prices to build. And I'll just put material this out there. issues. I could totally see the Cubs bidding on Otani. That just yeah. makes total sense to me. Yeah. Him ultimately in Chicago would be an interesting dynamic, though. It I would. wonder. I wonder how that would work. The out. Cardinals. Let me just help you out. Would never no, bid on Shohei ever. They're not doing that. That ownership group. There's not a chance. <sighs> ever. But if they want to compete, if they and we've seen since 2011, it's been sort of all right. Let's compete, but I don't want to go the extra mile to compete. I don't want to win a World Series. Let's just see if we can get hot down the stretch of the season with what we have on the roster. That's what it's been. It's like, to gamble me, every year. Let me cut corners. But if they want to compete and win a World Series again under John Mozeliak. They better start spending like the old Cardinals. They better start spending at the top of the. I the, think the you main, need to. I think you need to be the MLB. In the, you should be in the top ten in payroll. Yeah, at least. Yeah, you know, you're in the top fifteen. They've usually. always. It's always been okay. We're a small market, but we don't spend like a small market. You got to spend like a big market. That's you it. have to spend to go win, and they've had issues with that the past decade or so. They've been trying to cut corners, work within the margins. It is what it is. I mean, that's the truth of it. That is the full truth. Uh now, uh, spending. Let's talk about spending here. The Indianapolis Colts do not want to spend on Jonathan Taylor. They made that much clear last week when Jim Mercer said they have not offered him a contract. But now, after all that Jim Mercer's done going on Twitter, talking about running back values, telling the media that he has not offered a contract to Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade away from the Colts. It begs the question, how inept is Colts, uh, Colts owner, Jim Irsay. Believe me, I have an opinion on it, and I'll tell you it next right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. Now, I don't usually pat myself on the back too much, but I, I knew there was going to be some issues last week. On Friday, we discussed Jim Irsay and his tweet about running back value and what it did to piss off Jonathan Taylor and his agent. And now Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade. Welcome back into the Gabe Kuncho 92.9 FM ESPN. But this trade request was so easy to see coming. So easy. If you've been reading everything that's been going on in the Colts' orbit, first of all, they're not going to be a good team this year. Anthony Richardson may have to take over as a starting quarterback, and it's Gardner Minshew or Sam Ellinger besides him if he does not ultimately start. This is going to be a rebuilding phase for them. Um, And Jonathan Taylor, the past three years, it has been turn around, hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. And the fact that you look at Jim Irsay and Colts ownership in the front office not respecting him, not putting up any type of money, not putting a contract number in front of him at all, you can see where the disrespect came in. And when you do it publicly and you put it out there on a forum, that's going to rub him the wrong way even more. And on top of that, this is the worst part of the entire process here with with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. NFL teams hold a lot of power over players that are on a rookie contract that are on their their roster. The Colts are contemplating, at this point, placing Jonathan Taylor on the non-football injury list due to a supposed back injury he suffered away from the team. What this means for Jonathan Taylor in 2023 is – if he does not play this season and gets put on the non-football injury list due to this back injury he suffered away from the facility, his contract would just roll over to 2024 and he would not get paid anything in 2023. Now, Jonathan Taylor has responded to this, and he put it out on Twitter, at, on, his, on, his, well, on X, at JT23. One, he says he never had a back pain. Two, he ne- never reported back pain. And he says, I'm not sure whose sources are, but find new ones. Um, through this whole process, though, Jim Irsay is showing his ineptitude. As an owner, as a public figure, to talk about contract negotiations, running back value, as an owner in the NFL, you put yourself into a bad situation up front. You have a guy who ran for 1,800 yards last year, was an all-pro, led the league, by the way, in rushing yards and rushing TDs in 2021, and you're talking about his situation publicly, putting yourself in a bad spot. Now, backing him up, you don't have much. You're not going to find a guy to replace that production in the meantime. It's a guy that's been 
he's meant everything to you on the offensive side of the football for the last three years. And you're basically telling the rest of the public, of the media, that, oh, he's not worth it. We're not going to send him a contract uh, offer because we're, we're going to wait and see. And ultimately, we don't value him that much in this organization. Again, a guy in 2021 who led the league in rushing yards and rushing TDs. He had some injury issues last year that, that sort of hampered him. But also that team was miserably bad. And that offensive line took a step back. And we talk about the non-football injury list that they're going to put potentially put him on and try to defer all his payment until 2024, not pay him a dime in 2023. If you remember, Jim Irsay last week talked about good faith. Wasn't he the one preaching that NFL owners acted in good faith in CBA, CBA discussions? I mean, he, he talked about that. He put that out on Twitter. To put him on the non-football injury list and not pay him a dime, is that, is that good faith? Hell no, it's not. Real good faith by you, Jim Irsay, to, to leaking fake injuries to the media to get out of paying a player that you ultimately pissed off to get him to ask for a trade. And also, let's say there's a back issue. Let's say he did have a back issue that he reported to the team that he had suffered away from the facility. I think it's insane that he even can be punished for working out off-site in the off-season. I've never understood that. That's another part of these CBA negotiations. It's clearly not, not in good faith, where the players did not ask for enough and the owners get what they want. He wasn't playing basketball. He wasn't getting hurt in a jet ski incident. He, didn't, he wasn't doing paintball and tore his Achilles, right? He was working out away from the facility. What else is he supposed to do in the offseason to stay in shape? He doesn't have to do all his workouts in front of you. And not to mention, he's saying there's not an injury in the first place. <laughs> I, I, how else do you expect these guys, though, ultimately to stay in shape in the offseason besides working, uh, working out off-campus, off-facility off grounds? It's just strange. It's strange. And also, another part of the ineptitude of Jim Irsay is after all this, seeing how he's basically doing Jonathan Taylor and trying to not pay him in 2023 and not offering him a, a contract that he's very deserving of at this point. Have fun trying to convince players to come to Indy and play for you and your franchise. They see how you're treating him. They understand what's going into it. They understand that you don't value the players on your roster. You treat them as numbers. Even if they've given you production, you don't care. Have fun in the future, Jim Irsay, trying to get solid free agents, trying to get solid players to stay in Indy. But this has been embarrassing from start to finish for the Colts and Jim Irsay. And all I have to say is be better, man. Be better. And he's, I mean, I don't know if you saw it this week, and he's trying to go on like a, a positive PR tour. He had like a, a bunch of videos out there for him on the first day of camp or, or, or the first week of camp for the Colts. He signed like a $100 bill and gave a fan like $2,000. He's trying to put some positive PR out on his behalf. But what he's done within that organization to sort of tear it apart from the inside out, it's pretty clear and it's pretty evident to all of us in the media, fans, and elsewhere. Also, we uh, talked about it last week. Aaron Rodgers was uh, 
He's not happy about what Sean Payton said about uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Sean Payton, if you'll remember, said that the Broncos last year had one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. Now, he stepped back from those comments. He said, I had my Fox hat on still. I, I, I forgot that I was the, the head coach of the Broncos. I didn't think you need to apologize for him. It was a bad coaching job. But Aaron Rodgers was with Peter Schrager this weekend discussing Sean Payton and his comments on Jets offensive coordinator, now offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. And Aaron Rodgers uh, sounded off pretty substantially. I'm not going to ask you about Sean Payton's comments directly, but I will ask you to maybe address Nathaniel Hackett as a coach and what he means to you and what he can bring to this Jets team. That story goes out there. I had about a million texts from people in the coaching community saying that was out of line. Was there... Yet you see Hackett out here. He's still pumped up. I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside. And yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back. He's always had yours. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett. And those comments were very surprising. Um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. <laughs> keep my coach's name out of your mouth, Sean Payton. Aaron Rodgers made it very clear. He's yeah. not going to take disrespect for Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know how to take Aaron Rodgers these days, and, and I respect how he feels about Nathaniel Hackett, but we didn't even have to hear Sean Payton talk about how bad Nathaniel Hackett's performance was as a coach. To know it. To know it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it, it was, it was it, the, the work spoke for itself. You know, and I guess there's that thought process out there of Nathaniel Hackett needs a guy like Aaron Rodgers in his corner just as much as Aaron Rodgers may need him in his corner. That's fair. Nathaniel Hackett in his corner for yeah. that to be a, a yeah. good relationship, and other people can't really relate. You yeah, know? The, the whole family man thing isn't part of the conversation, though. No, no disrespect. I mean, like, I, he I can, guess the thought process you know, is you're dragging a good family man, okay. good man through the mud because he didn't I don't succeed. Pr- in, in I Denver. actually, most football fans. I subscribe by they they really don't care as I don't long care. as my, yeah, well, like if the hey, Raiders well, how yeah. many did I win how many games <laughs> did I win last year I mean I I, I hate to be like that I, I wish it weren't that I don't way. care about your stupid kids I, <laughs> I mean you were a football yeah. player I mean, it's about like, results it's a results driven business and no one cares about him being a family man or not but I guess Aaron Rodgers is trying to make it an emotional tie that he has with Nathaniel Hackett and trying to bring everyone's emotions out to go after Sean Payton. I think he's um, I amazing, but, but I'll you, say this. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame him. I don't blame him for coming to his defense. You don't want you don't want any no, trash talk. That's fair. Toward aimed at your guys in the offseason, especially from a guy like Sean Payton, who holds a lot of I mean, he is a, a very well respected name in the game. A lot of people listen to him. And for him to come after the Jets in that fashion and talk about Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching job with the, with the Broncos, you could see that as pretty massive disrespect. Aaron Rodgers has every right to come back and say, "Keep my name, my coach's name, out of your mouth." Um, 
But I will say this is fun back and forth because week five, October 8th. Oh, man. That game is circled <laughs> on my calendar. Let's I don't go. know about you. Yeah. I don't know about you. We got Jets at Broncos 325 hey. that day. That's going to be a good matchup. Wow. That's going to be a fun one to follow. That's tasty. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I expect bounce back years from – a bounce back year from Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Yeah, I think the Jets roster though is, is you is love na- the Jets. I think it's na- I think it's actively better at this moment than the Broncos. But there's there's more continuity yeah. on the Broncos side from a roster standpoint, and you have a a legendary coach in your corner, whereas you do have a, a, a relatively new head coach, um, an OC who struggled with the Broncos last year in in the Jets corner. So like I. I how think the Jets Dalvin, roster does is Dalvin Cook move forward even more. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, how much for he, sure. Yeah. If 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 he gets signed by them, yeah, that that would that would make a, a deal of difference. Yeah, um, but that matchup in itself should be great. Really uh, good defenses, so. really good defenses. Longtime quarterbacks. You have the coach feud going on now. We got to circle that one on the calendar. Also, Aaron Rodgers gave an explanation for his uh, thirty-five million dollar pay cut. I saw. I, I you know he got asked. What was the explanation? Quote. Big names move at the deadline now. I wanted to make sure that if somebody valuable came available, we'd be able to get them in close. This adds to what I talked about last week. This is a new Aaron Rodgers. We're turning over a new leaf. I am making decisions best for the franchise, not for Aaron Rodgers at this point. I am making decisions on behalf of the New York Jets so we can be the best team that we can going into 2023 and then ultimately 2024. This is new. This is new from Aaron Rodgers, and it, it, it adds to my belief of him sort of changing his mindset up down the stretch of his career. That darkness retreat, he may have came out of it and said, I need another ring. I need, I need, an, I need to stop putting myself first like I did the last couple of years with the Packers. It's time to put everybody else first. I have made the money I need to make. Now it's time for other people around me to make that money and for me to lead this team to a championship. I, the people in Green Bay, half of them are shaking their heads at this guy. If I was, if I was a fan of the Green Bay Packers, I'd be really, I'd be really pissed. Where off. Where has this been? I, I'd, I'd really be, I'd be very pissed off to see how, how willing and open Aaron Rodgers is to making the greater good better. The, and, and part of, part of his defense of his coach is what makes this peculiar to me because. This guy was a weirdo in Green Bay. He was um, at times disrespectful of his organization, of their time, of their or, their coaches and the decisions they were making. He was a public weirdo. He he was he's incredibly disrespectful. And so, like this righteous Aaron Rodgers routine is like, give me a We've break. We've gone from last year, last off season, holding out, not going to OTAs. Right. Threatening to skip out on camp until he got a $51 million contract. He gets his $51 million contract. They stink throughout the season because he didn't go to OTAs and he was begging for a $51 million contract. They go 8-9. and nine. They miss the playoffs. And then this offseason, after they gave him what he wanted, $51 million worth of a contract, he says, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. That's a, Thanks that's a for joke, all the years. Bro. Thanks for all the good years. I had some good times here. Thanks for giving me that $51 million contract, even though I'm 37 years old. Peace. And then this offseason, he's taking pay cuts for the – If I wouldn't in the front office of the Packers, I'm like, we have botched – we botched this. Yeah. We the botched Jordan, this it's the Jordan Love move. That, that was it, right? That's it. It shouldn't have, it, it shouldn't have been the complete end of, of 
Aaron Rodgers' reign in, in Green Bay. They have to think forward. Yeah. And he should understand that as a businessman. He should understand that. Yeah. But he clearly didn't. He clearly no. didn't. But the, the flip. And doesn't care. The flip of mindset the last two years in, in Green Bay to New York, I would be frustrated as hell if I was any part of that Green Bay organization. I gave him everything, uh, everything he wanted. I even gave him the trade on the way out, and now he's acting brand new. He's acting like the greatest guy ever. He's a humanitarian he's a, and yeah, and he, defender and he, he of loves, coaches he and loves, family men. He loves his teammates. He's taking pay cuts. He's trying, on, he's trying actively to go win a Super Bowl where clearly the last two years, it was not about that for him in Green Bay. Right. right? Yeah. We'll see what happens. But, uh, my gosh, Aaron Rodgers changed, man. Now, Jeff Calkins. He's, you, get, you get what you get from Jeff. Jeff doesn't change all that often. I'll say that. Jeff Jeff is what you see is what you get, and he's going to join next right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.